Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll tell you about the work being done by Farm Radio International. And up first in today's country comment, I'll chat with Manitoba Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Yesterday, the province announced its new green levy and reduction of the PST. Earlier this morning, I caught up with Manitoba Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson. This is uh, great news for our, for Manitobans in general, but it's certainly for the ag community also. Uh, we have, uh, we're bringing in our flat uh, carbon levy at $25 a tonne. And it will stay there. It will not continue to rise as the federal government's plan will. And also we are going to exempt dryer fuels, uh, barn heating, and greenhouse heating um, as will be exempt from from the carbon levy. And then also uh, this will happen on July 1st. And also on July 1st we will be reducing the provincial sales tax from 7% to 6%. Can you talk a little bit about the uh, the current uh, court challenge and you know how that will uh, play out? Well, the court challenge goes ahead with the federal government. Uh, they have not responded uh, to our announcement uh, yet, and it's it's really up to the federal government to. They should be accepting our plan instead of theirs. Um, our plan is much more robust than many other provinces when you compare what other provinces are doing in, in terms of, both in terms of uh, uh, mitigation and, and, you know, in climate, towards climate change, and also in terms of levies. Uh, our levy is certainly more robust than some others, but the main point of this is to keep the, Mount, the money in Manitoba. Uh, when, when Manitobans are paying the carbon levy, all that money stays in Manitoba, whereas now it's all leaving the province and and it's not coming back we're sending we're sending a dollar out and the federal government's giving us 5 cents back and so that's not a good uh, deal for Manitoba certainly doesn't respect the investments that we made in green energy here in Manitoba is there any chance that um, Manitobans could be paying two carbon taxes come July 1st Corey you need to ask the federal government that question uh, that's uh, it's entirely up to the federal government uh, as to what they're going to do moving forward, and uh, we have a solid plan here. We're moving ahead with ours regardless, and it's now in the federal government's uh, uh, ballpark to decide what they want to do. Keystone Ag Producers um, had uh, come out with some concerns, um, just talking about the reduction of the, the PST, uh, whereas they would prefer to see that money being used for on-farm projects. Um, would you have a response to that? Well, Keystone Agricultural Producers need to uh, talk to their membership because I believe their membership will fully embrace the reduction in uh, in the PST. Uh, farmers pay a lot of PST when they look at their operations. And, uh, Corey, just look at a, at a $50,000 pickup that they're, if they were going to buy that, that's $500 less they're going to pay for it. And on, on truck parts and, and their everyday life expenses where they're paying PST, they will be paying less money, um, and it's more money on their kitchen table uh, for farmers all across Manitoba. So we, uh, this is a good move for Manitoba, and uh, the CAP uh, should be em- embracing us. That was Manitoba Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson.
A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba's Agriculture Minister says the province's new green levy is good news for farmers. Here's Blaine Peterson. This is great news for Manitobans in general, but it's certainly for the ag community also. We're bringing in our flat uh, carbon levy at $25 a ton, and it will stay there. It will not continue to rise as the federal government's plan will. And also we are going to exempt dryer fuels, uh, barn heating, and greenhouse heating will be exempt from, from the carbon levy. It was also announced that the PST would be dropping to 6% starting July 1st. And Keystone Ag Producers has some concerns about the province's green levy, which was announced yesterday. Vice President Jake Ayer says a reduction in the provincial sales tax would not benefit farmers as much as using revenue for on-farm projects. He notes the administration of a federal provincial carbon tax structure will create additional red tape. CAP is encouraged by news that costs associated with heating barns and grain drying would be exempt under the Manitoba plan. And last month, five Manitoba crop groups voted in favour of amalgamation. Pam DeRockney is general manager of both the Manitoba corn growers and Manitoba wheat and barley growers. The second step will be for the new entity, the Manitoba Crop Alliance, to um, gain its designation regulation in order to collect checkoff on the crop types that, um, that will represent. So we're going through that process right now. So a petition has been submitted to the Manitoba Farm Products Marketing Council from the Manitoba Crop Alliance um, for them to consider a designation regulation. And now that is working its way through the government um, procedures and processes um, with the goal of hopefully um, we still want to be operational by August 1st of 2020 this year. Durockney says an interim board of directors is currently in place. Elections are also planned for this coming fall. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Egg Wire for Friday, March 6th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll tell you about the work being done by Farm Radio International. Joining us today on the program is Kevin Perkins. He's the Executive Director with Farm Radio International. Well, we're a Canadian, uh, Canadian organization, uh, proud to be celebrating uh, over 40 years of serving small-scale producers and growers in Africa through the power of radio. About 40 years ago now that a legendary Canadian farm broadcaster uh, wrote up a package of radio scripts and mailed them out to over a dozen public radio stations in countries as far apart as Nigeria and Africa and, and India. So today we still do that. We work with uh, partner radio stations in, in Africa and help them uh, produce powerful agricultural radio programs that help them uh, improve their yields and their food security and so forth. Talk a bit more about how, how farmers in these countries are benefiting from, uh, from radio. Uh, we know that accurate and timely information is as important to a farmer's success as, as a good, good seeds or, or rainfall or any, any factor, knowing what to grow and when to grow it, information about markets, uh, weather advisory, uh, uh, inputs, post-harvest management, food safety. These are all issues that uh, small-scale producers in Africa need to know about, uh, but but. Normally, they have a, a lot of difficulty getting that information. They hardly any extension workers anymore to to reach them. They normally don't read or or the languages that extension materials are, are published in. Certainly, don't have TV yet, and internet is hard to access and too ex, ex, uh, expensive. 
But uh, pretty much every farmer in rural Africa has a radio, and more and more they also have a simple flip phone or, or feature phone. And, uh, and so these are, are excellent ways to, uh, to help farmers get the information they need to succeed. So we work with about 1,000 radio stations across Africa to help them uh, produce high-quality, uh, good programs that, uh, that meet their daily needs. And Kevin, uh, can you talk a bit more about, uh, about the farm programming itself? Um, who do you have uh, doing the announcing, or, or where, do you, where does the content come from? Yeah, well, we work with the radio stations themselves, and they have producers and hosts uh, and technicians uh, li- like you working in them, uh, and they need uh, some support to help them put uh, the quality uh, agricultural radio programs on the air. So we offer training, we offer content resources, and, and we partner up with them and, and work side-by-side side with them in designing a series of radio programs, what material they should cover through the program so they can have an impact on the lives of farmers. So we're really, you know, working hand in hand with existing stations and their production teams. Are things changing, uh, I guess, with the advancement of the internet or, or the way that, um, you know, radio is being delivered or, or how, how are things shaping up over there? Yeah, well, the big change has been um, the spread of cell phones in Africa with, with, with more and more uh, farmers having cell phones. Radio programs have shifted from being a one-way information channel with a usually an expert being interviewed on the air or giving a talk on the on the air to being much more dynamic and interactive programs so farmers call in uh, they exchange their own experiences ask their own questions uh, the, the the producers the broadcasters can can call out to people and bring a lot more voices onto the airwaves so what you're hearing is a, a much greater variety of perspectives information and sharing and more up-to-date Also with phones, um, farmers can pull the information to them. They maybe hear a weather report on the radio, for example, and then they also hear a phone number they can call. Uh, When they call that number, they they can pull the weather report onto their phone and listen to it uh, at their convenience. So so uh, that's been the big change. The Internet has also uh, changed things for the broadcasters, being able to access uh, what they need to produce their shows. So, for example... Our radio scripts, we used to mail them out uh, in envelopes with stamps on them. They'd arrive at the stations a few weeks or months later. Well, today we put all those resources on the Internet, and the, and the broadcasters pull them off immediately, and they share them in networks. They're all members of WhatsApp groups, and they share their best content with each other that way. So just the ability to, 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 to help uh, get, get good, accurate, up-to-date information out on the airwaves has really improved. And you mentioned, uh, you know, most farmers have radios. Is that something that your group provides or has had provided in the past? Generally, the, at, at the household level, we don't need to provide radios. Generally, they have radios. Uh, and in fact, more people have radios now because the, the mobile phones that, that people own in Africa have radios inside them. Actually, all our mobile phones have radios inside them, but they don't turn the, the function on here in Canada, so we can't usually use the radio that's in our phone. But in Africa, they do use them. So, in fact, there's more radios than ever. Every, every phone is also a, a radio. Um, <clears throat> but we do uh, help groups of, of people. Uh, when there's a group that's formed, often a group of women farmers form as a sort of a small co-op or self-help group, we might help them uh, get, get a larger radio, a wind-up or a solar radio that doesn't need batteries. 
so that they can listen as a group outside under the tree and their their nice loud radios and they can share and those those kinds of radios also record the programs so they can listen to them a second time later and and they also uh, record the voices of the listeners so the the radio itself can capture content from the women in those groups for example and share it back with the radio station talk a bit about how your group is funded how are you able to operate well we have uh, about 2500 canadians who who make contributions to us charitable donations so that's a very important source and and that really enables us to get support from the from global affairs canada um they support a number of our projects adding up to about 20 percent of our budget and then the rest, uh, we, we partner up with all kinds of different agriculture research organizations, uh, ministries of agriculture, even uh, other uh, non-governmental organizations, and they bring us on as partners to help them uh, reach more people and scale up the impact by using radio. All right. Uh, that's all I had for questions. Anything else to add on uh, your end there? Well, I just want to add for, for listeners, you know, we're we're really proud of our, our Canadian roots and, and uh been a good Canadian success story, but uh, lots of people still don't know about us. So we're inviting people. We really believe that uh, that radio, you know, it really overcomes the kind of uh, information gap that holds farmers back in Africa. So we, we like to say radio can kill hunger. Radiokillshunger.com is a special page we've set up that uh, people can come to and learn more about us and follow us and, and, and share information about our work with with uh, with others that they know. So, just like to welcome your listeners to come to RadioKillsHunger.com and 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 keep keep track of what we're doing because it's uh, something to be proud of as Canadians. That was Kevin Perkins, executive director with Farm Radio International. That's it for the Prairie Agwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at GoldenWestRadio.com. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. The Prairie Egg Wire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Marmac Farms is hosting a bull sale March 11th starting at 1.30. Details can be found at marmacfarms.net. Manitoba Beef and Forage Initiatives is hosting a regenerative egg event on March 12th. You can text 204-212-1253 to reserve your spot. And the Stanley Soil Management Association is hosting its AGM March 18th from 10 a.m. until 2. The event will be held at the Pemina Threshermen's Museum located between Winkler and Morden. To register, call 204-362-0352. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon. Earlier this week, the Executive Director of Agriculture in the Classroom, Manitoba Sue Clayton, was on the program talking about Canadian Agriculture Literacy Month. We continue that conversation today where Sue tells us about some of the latest happenings with the organization. Right now we're, we're asking teachers to register their classes for the Amazing Agriculture Adventure program that's happening in Brandon in early June. And so that's on our website at www.aitc.mb.ca. Teachers can go in and register their classes for that program. And uh, once again, we're going to be having our seeds. We're going to have uh, the Seed Survivor Program this year. um, Nutrien gives us a a trailer that goes from school to school. It's like a field trip pulling pulling up at the school for the day. And it's a fabulous program that's completely paid for. And um, and it's so that all the classes in the school can can go through the the trailer and learn about um, plant health. 
and you know how how plants are grown and the all the, the importance involved with growing a crop. And so that happens uh, starting mid-April until the end of June, and that registration will start for schools on March 10th. So if any any teachers are interested in that, then they can register to school starting March 10th. And there, there was an award, I, I believe it was called the, is it the Teacher Driver Award? Is that is that still open for applications or? No, that no. just closed on March 1st. Okay. And so we're just reviewing applications now, and then we'll be um, um, announcing who the award winner is at our annual general meeting that will be on April 7th. Okay. And uh, where's that meeting being held? It's going to be at Breezy Bend. The invitation will come out next week, but we... We have a, a day-long event happening with Agriculture in the Classroom Canada on visioning and impacts. So we'll be having a lot of people there for the full day, and then we'll move into the AGM from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. at Breezy Bend. Anything else, uh, Sue? Or no, we just you know that I guess just to always say that we could not run a program like Canadian Agriculture Literacy Month like with 166 volunteers. We could not do that without the amazing volunteer support and the support that we see from our members and our sponsors. So I, you know, I, I always like to give a little shout out to our volunteers that make it possible to do what we do. That was Sue Clayton, Executive Director with Agriculture in the Classroom, Manitoba. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitobans will be paying less provincial sales tax starting July 1st. The surprise announcement was made yesterday in conjunction with the province's new green levy. Here's Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson. Farmers pay a lot of PST when they look at their operations and just look at a, at a $50,000 pickup that they're, if they were going to buy that, that's $500 less they're going to pay for it. And on, on truck parts and, and their everyday life expenses where they're paying PST, they will be paying less money and it's more money on their kitchen table uh, for farmers all across Manitoba. Peterson says fuels used for grain drying and heating barns and greenhouses would be exempt under the Manitoba carbon tax. The new Manitoba Crop Alliance is set to become a reality on August 1st after merger votes were approved last month. Pam DeRockney is general manager of both the Manitoba Corn Growers and Manitoba Wheat and Barley Growers. We actually plan to have elections starting this fall already. So we're looking to replace, you know, that interim board with, um, I want to say elected um, directors, but at the same time, there needs to be some recognition given that the directors that are currently there are elected directors from the current organizations. The directors that are there are, are directors from each of the five organizations currently. So, but we still wanted to have that transition. A petition has been submitted to the Manitoba Farm Products Marketing Council to consider a designation regulation. And a number of environmental factors, like a spring frost, can have an impact on crops. Warren Ward is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. He says with canola, if it's a light frost, farmers should give plants anywhere from three to seven days to recover before making a decision on whether to reseed, noting there's lots of factors to consider. How late in the year is it? What are your moisture conditions? Are there enough plants left and are they uniform enough that you don't need to reseed or is the damage bad enough that you do need to reseed? Um, and it, it really can be a challenging decision for most people to make. Ward says having a good plant stand establishment is a key starting point for a successful growing season. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program.
We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.